Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches in PR and marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Welcome to this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. For everyone listening that has a product business, the last quarter of the year is where, depending on what type of product you sell, you could make more than 50% of your turnover. So how do you maximize that opportunity? Today, I'm joined by Lucy Hassam, founder of Acorn and Pip, children's wear brand, beautiful children's wear brand, Acorn and Pip, who's going to share her tips on how to prepare for your Q4 without losing your mind, I think, really, as well. Lucy, thanks very much for joining me. Hello. Now, Lucy, you have been a previous guest, but we're going to do a quick intro and I'm going to link to the show notes more about your backstory, about where you come from and and everything and how you've built Acorn and Pip. But give me a bit of a summary of what Acorn and, and Pip is and what you do. So, hi. So I'm Lucy and yes, I run Acorn and Pip, which is a family concept store. We're based in West Yorkshire. We have two sites which are right next door to each other. One is our concept store. So retail and cafe and play space. And then we opened up in the summer of 2021. So exactly two years ago, we opened a shoe shop. We started just as a shoe shop for kids and then added in um, clothes and accessories, some more bits for mums. We just recently put a jewellery selection um, in there as well, but it's mainly where we sell everything to go on the body <laughs> for kids. <laughs> and, and how long have you been trading, Lucy? How long has Acorn and Pip been going? We have been going seven and a half years. So nearly it'll be eight years in um, April is our birthday. So, yeah. I think well done. And in terms of a turnover for you, I'm not going to ask your, your numbers, but in terms of percentage, how much would you say comes from that last Q4 for you as a business? It is about 30%. Ours is a little bit more skewed because we have the shoe shop and Christmas in the shoe shop happens in the summer and Christmas yeah. cal- in the cut on the actual calendar um, in the shoe shop is very quiet. So our figures are skewed and then we have a cafe as well. And so January and February are two of our best months in the cafe. So it's really like a it's not a higgledy piggledy business, but I think, you know, it's not so typical that if we were just a toy shop, obviously it would be Christmas in the toy shop. But we do have other parts of our business that we've purposefully created to stop that kind of spike. incredible spike mm-hmm. at Christmas because it just wasn't the way that we wanted to run our business. And it, it's actually for us, it wasn't that sustainable. So we we had to change it around even it out over the 12 months a little bit more. But I mean, that's not to say that we don't experience busy months over Christmas. We certainly do. Yeah. And we're looking forward to it this year. So you've been trading for many years now. So you've, you've mm. seen Christmases, a lot of Q4s. Where that, there's that kind of focus of people that are listening that have a product business, whether that's bricks and mortar or online, and we can talk about each side as well as we're going on. Where would you say their focus needs to be 
Well, actually, first of all, before they start kind of into that Q4, how can they set themselves up for success? So one of the main ways that I have learned to set myself up for success is to really take January by the horns, sit down with Christmas just gone in January whilst it's super fresh and really go over it with a fine tooth comb. Now, if it's your first Christmas, then you've just got to go through it. And, you know, there's lots you can do to still prepare. But I think in order to have to set yourself up for the best possible Q4 you can have is having already sat down in January and gone over so much so that when the time comes, you're not going into it blind. And that can be anything from going through your operations, your business operations, going through your PR and marketing, the sales, your website, you know, how how did it all go? And then looking at what went well and what you're going to change, just as a very kind of top line you know, view of what you do. We'll go in, into that review a little bit later. But in terms of, say, you know, during the summer months when they're coming to an end, how can people, what the, what are the kind of things that they should be doing before they go into that Q4 to make sure they're, they are set up in a way that they can maximize the sales for that, you know, from September onwards? I think it's not just assuming that Christmas happens, which I think I did for many years. I just kind of thought that no matter what I buy in, whatever numbers I buy in, you know, bits will sell out and it will just be at an increased volume and I'll be laughing and, you know, hip, hip, hooray, what a great Christmas. And then I slowly realized over the years that it just wasn't the case. And there was so much preparation that needed to go into it. I was really familiar with saying to myself, oh, you know, I wish I'd got that in or I wish I'd booked that market or I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. So knowing that all of those things need to happen in the summer. That's why they say, you know, start planning Christmas in July or yeah. June or July, whatever. So it's like booking in things like if you are a small business and you, or not even a small business, but if doing physical pop-ups are a part of your business plan, you know, they need to be booked in in April, May, June. Like they have people book them in almost straight away after they've finished them in quarter four. So there's lots of things like that to do. We do all of our merchandising plans in June and July as well, because you don't need to do them near Christmas. You know, you have, you can access trend reports, you know what you're going to be going for. If you if you sit down and give it some thought, it doesn't really matter when you do it, but giving yourself that time to sit down, right, June and July, August, not particularly busy months traditionally in retail. You can sit down, plan your windows, plan, you know, where things are going to go in the shop start ordering them if you need to and it's really nice to know that by you know mid-August all you've got to do come November or whatever your date is is just pop them in and make it sound yeah. easy that's obviously not how it goes <laughs> but you know, just pop them in but but I think the more forward planning you can do then the easier it is and you know you mentioned pop-ups there's a lot of you know logistical things that you might have to sort up with that if you decide that you're going to do mm. them you, you may need you're like right okay I'm going to do three more this year than I did last year or I'm going to do three or, or whatever but you're going to have to have the mm. stock and additional stock to sell for that, mm -hmm. you know, as well. So there's kind of cash flow things that you need to be thinking about for that whole that whole planning side. Mm -hmm. I think it's having access to the ones that you want to do as well. I've yeah. done so many fairs over the years. And when I'm there, I just think, why am I doing this? I'm, you know, last year it was rubbish and this year it's rubbish. And I've missed out on doing X, Y, and Z. And they're supposed to be amazing. And it's mainly all to do with the fact that I've thought about it at the end of September and tried to get places and couldn't. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's knowing your time is so precious in always but in quarter four especially so it's maximizing those opportunities 
And like you say, knowing, spending the time at the beginning to decide which are the right ones for you and mm. getting in those and getting the best pitch that you can or the mm-hmm. best and, and whatever it might be and the best area, the best area. So you said you're looking at your sales plans in, you're looking, you're reviewing things in January in terms of where, you know, what your expectations are for Christmas. What about if you are making product, how would you say before that Q4 side of things? Because you, you're obviously buying in a lot of stock. Some of it will be made mm-hmm. in the UK. Some of it's, you know, you'll, you'll be going to showrooms and buying it. But if you mm-hmm. are a, a maker, what do you recommend people be doing before that, that Q4 side? So I think so. I've never been a maker. So in terms of the, especially um, making products by hand, so their time frame is something that I am not familiar with. However, as a buyer of their things, I know that they usually come to me before they've started making them. So we'll get line sheets and things like that come around March, April time. So I'm assuming that's when they're starting to order their supplies. So I can see it from my side when they're kicking things off. So we did so many orders for Christmas way back in March and April, which isn't, it doesn't ever feel that nice because you feel like you just sprung from you know spring has just sprung and then you've got someone shoving a christmas line sheet under your nose but you know it has to be done so i'm assuming that happens for them early springtime and they need to be with that kind of top of mind for retailers because otherwise it's so easy for us to jump on a b2b and order our 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 lot so easily and so quickly on um, some of the bigger brands and b2b sites so it's really lovely when smaller businesses handmade businesses come to you and say like this you know if you're thinking of ordering with us this is our line sheet get it in by you know the end of june and and then we'll deliver your stock mid-october or something like that and then you can help those makers to secure your sales as well which and it's also you'll have a certain budget in your mind of what you want to spend and once you've spent it you spent it unless something mm. is like, oh my God, I have to have that. You know, mm. so it's like, it's like the pop-up shop is getting into the buyers before you, you know, before they've spent all their, all their money from, from a yeah. maker point of view. And yeah. is there anything that you do as a check before you start going into, because like you said, for that, for that Q4, you want to be focused on sales and operations and just really kind of hone down and focus and not be doing things that are unnecessary at that time frame. Is there anything that you do from your e-commerce side in that that prepping time so basically i went through a period and it would have been it might have just been post covid so i'm probably around 2020 i think and i just had my my third child was 6 months old and we'd come out of christmas and i was just so frazzled and so like confused about quarter four like why was this period where everyone was raving about how much money you could make why was it at the end of it so you know emerge in January and just think I hate Christmas I it's so hard I don't understand it and there was just so much it threw up in me and I think it, it was a combination of literally everything it was I remember doing we had some days and we we are we are a small business, but I remember some days we were doing like 15,000 pounds sales online and it was just every single day. And I was just thinking, what the hell is happening? And yeah, but at the end of it, I was so frazzled, but to the point where I, you know, I had to really kind of stop, reevaluate and think, right, I've got to nail this Christmas period. I've got to write down every single thing that needs doing. I've got to put it in a timeline and I've got to put it in a folder. And so next September next August or September I'm going to pull out this folder I still have it in my cupboard next to me and it's this like bright red 
ring binder and I had it and it was like the first stages of my what is now my Christmas checklist and I just step by step I was like this is what I'm going to do in January this is what my analysis is going to look like because in September I need to know who I'm ordering from you know what this brand does for me what that brand does for me and I really just went I was just obsessive about making Christmas easy because I was sick and tired of it being so hard and so I on the back of what you said about what do we do for our e-commerce I kind of created this uh, not a tree but like a web of um, tags categories subcategories gift guides and it's all there for us every year we just go in and reactivate it we do change it you know depending on whatever the trend is or if we've started to cater for older children or however it might be but sitting down literally losing the will to live one January made me say right that enough is enough I will not I will not come back to this place of exhaustion basically so we have this yeah that was the straw that broke the camel's back Um, and so we have this wonderful yeah it looks like a tree that that's why I keep kind of picturing it as a tree and we just reactivate it when we want to tap back into when we start to um, reactivate our gift guides reactivate all of our Christmas categories and so that's what I would suggest you do you don't have to get to the point where I got to that's why I created my checklist for you all (laughs) so you can just follow the checklist and you know your life will be good but yeah so we just reactivate those and it kind of populates we've got all our tags set up on Shopify so if x you know if a product is tagged with this then it will go straight into this gift guide so we have all of those set up so when we click live on christmas it goes ding 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 and everything is um relevant and live again the lights are turned on actually the lights are yeah the lights are turned on it's like Trafalgar square on my website (laughs) Um, it's it's definitely not can you imagine so but yeah so that's kind of that's where that's where the the despair with christmas has led me Mm-hmm. And so that's why I te- I do take Christmas planning very seriously because I do think it can have a really um, a really detrimental effect on business owners' mental health and physical health. So yeah, okay. really. And so in terms of doing those kind of things to to set you up, and I know that and you mentioned a Christmas checklist there, which we are going to talk about a little bit later and have linked in the show notes, which you can order from uh, Lucy's coaching website, which we will again chat about in a minute. But so going into, if we have a look at it kind of month by month, then what would you say are your, your kind of top actions for that run up to Christmas? So like September, where, what should you be focusing on? Yeah. So we touched on like summer is all for preparation and kind of giving yourself the time to think forward. What do you want your Christmas to look like? So therefore, what do you have to do now to like pop things in the diary and get things ordered and stuff like that? September, normally it starts to, as it gets colder, you know, kind of ignoring the last 14 days, but as it starts to get colder, people kind of jump straight into autumn. Autumn buying is quite popular now like it seems like we've jumped on the American trend of buying for fall which we've I've, I'm not familiar with calling it fall at all but I saw it a lot at the trade show that I just got I just got back from top drawer and I had there was lots of people referencing fall the Americanisms and stuff like that yeah I can't even say it very well maybe it's my southern fall <laughs> So, but yeah, so oh, on the back of, yeah, maple. You have to, I wonder if you have to say it in an American accent to feel as if you're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, I just say, I just say autumn for now. But 
so what I'm trying to say with that is that things start to ramp up quite naturally with the change in season into when I say ramp up like for sales and um, workload and things like that. And that's where I tend to start looking operationally at what needs to be done. So it's forward ordering, going back to your plan, looking at your hero pieces, looking at your brands that need to be visible pretty much straight away. So people who are window shopping, which, you know, we all do quite early and they'll start to identify your brand and if you're a reseller, you know, what kind of brands you stock and your availability. So yeah, having, doing all of that kind of research in September, we have to get a lot of our orders in for our packaging, our bags, all of those kind of more boring things, and then starting to look at our marketing plan for the next four months. But we'll come on to that more in October. But yes, September is again, just like laying the foundations for and how far in advance do you start thinking about Black Friday? I mean, and, and I know not everyone plays into it or they play into it in a different way. Maybe Green mm. Friday or they might decide not to do it. Or, you know, I've seen other brands, I've seen some brands that close their website for the day, but then only give particular people that are signed up to their email list there a code to get into the website. So oh, wow. You know, so that way they get more people on their email list and, and all the kind of things. So, but mm. how far in advance are you thinking about Black Friday yet? if you play into it or what your offers will be. Yeah. So we start to plan that in September. Mm-hmm. September is when we sit down to look at what we're going to offer to who, how much, but yeah, I, I give my, you could, I mean, you could certainly do it earlier and some brands obviously would do it much, much earlier, but I dedicate September to that task. And do you buy in just a, um, a curious, are you buying in product particularly for Black Friday to do an offer on or no, and react to maybe something that might be a little bit slower or something you want to put an offer on yeah no we wouldn't ever buy in something specifically to sell at a cheaper price Mm -hmm. it just doesn't fit with our brand values at all we value customer loyalty when it comes to black friday so we often do things for our customers on our newsletter or in the shop but we would never we don't want our customers to purposely overindulge just for yeah. a discount link so yeah yeah we have so to. you're more like the added, added value or like you say a member whoever's on your website it's like a it's like a thank you more so than a, that you it is yeah mm-hmm. right and in terms of then if we say is there anything on the pr and marketing side because i know say from what kind of press do you start to target in that run-up to christmas so we have already submitted all of our images and our top products already back in August, some in July, but mainly in August. So it's for any gift guides that we're a part of. Now, I'm not sure whether we just have a good, a a few, a handful of amazing contacts in the press who we talk to. We, I talk to regularly, me and my shadow, um, (laughs) who we talk to regularly. And so we'll be um, included in like Halloween edits, birthday edits, things like that promoting the place promoting our um shop and things like that so we have submitted those already and i know if you follow rosie at pr dispatch i mean she's got it like covered so she's pretty amazing on you know all the advice she gives people and so then moving into october and it feels like christmas is getting earlier every year when did you start to talk about Christmas do you plant breadcrumbs early on or ha- when do you start to talk about so, specials and stuff do you leave it till like November or when do you start 
Well, I think so on my story, so on Instagram, I have like quite an open dialogue with customers when things come in. So we actually had a Christmas delivery a couple of months ago and it was some advent calendars and then they started selling online, which was, I felt like people were doing it because it was funny. Like we were talking about it on stories and then, then they started selling and then we had some Christmas socks and people have come into the shop to buy them, you know? So I feel like some people are just like, loving they just love Christmas and you know if you you put it out there early enough they'll buy yeah but Halloween for us as a kids business is a really important trading time now and that's something that's come out um probably say 2021 was when we first started seeing like a real spike in buying behavior for Halloween related goods and so we literally do our switch straight after now this year Halloween falls really late well, no, it falls on the same day, but in terms of, so where, where half term is, half term starts on the Monday in the UK. Like for most schools, it starts on the Monday, Halloween's on the Tuesday. Yeah. And then we're yeah. kind of in Christmas on the Wednesday, but <laughs> it's still half term. So we need yeah. to still be at Halloween. It's just one of those kind yeah, of yeah. logistic things. So we're pushing Christmas back another week. So when I say, you know, Halloween falls late, that's kind of what I mean um, in relation to half term and the life of a child yeah so we're pushing Christmas back a week last year we did it really early but yeah this year we're gonna we're gonna go kind of mid not mid-November second week in November yeah and so for October then you talked kind of about operations for September and, and sales for where where should people's focus be in October in October my our ours will be marketing and ours it's a really fun marketing month for us because we have all the events going on in the shop then we have all of the halloween products and lots of lovely things going on on the website like free downloads and things like that and then in the shoe shop we have all of our dress up so it just feels like there's a lot to activities and dance about yeah Yeah, it's a really and it's a really yeah it's just a really good month for like fun gift guys and things and halloween not halloween half term as well and that's always really fun in the shop so there's a lot for us to talk about so our marketing plan really ramps up in october and then it kind of doesn't stop all the way through to like christmas eve so that's the start of it for us and it's really like mapping out every single channel to maximize who you're talking to and what you're saying Mm-hmm. And do you, you talk there about, right, you're obviously very clear about, right, this is when we're talking about Christmas, then it switches over, then it's, and so I think it's probably that early on, that summer, going back to that summer planning, knowing your key dates and when, right, the website's going to change over to Christmas, mm-hmm. it's going to be Halloween from then to then, then it's going to change to Christmas and having all those assets from photography and banners and whatever mm-hmm. it would be all ready to, to go, I suppose, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And so we have some of those already done because I know how quickly it all happens. So it's the middle of September already, which is just nuts. And so I know I'm looking at my diary and thinking, oh my gosh, I've got this, all these like bits and bobs in. When am I going to get the chance to sit and do the website banners? Well, I'll do it now. So it's just, it's knowing what's coming up and being prepared for those because there is a lot that, I mean, maybe someone would look at my checklist and think, right, that is, that's so in depth, but you don't have to do all of it, but it's there if you do want to do all of it, kind of take take it or leave it. But for us, because we have the shop and then we have the website and bloody blah, as I've already said, we do have different considerations. And so the checklist that I made kind of 
is there to guide people. You know, if you do have a shop or you have a website or you have both, you know, there's lots in it for all business or retail business owners, I would hope. And so then November, you're really ramping up into Christmas. And mm-hmm. um, what are your what are your kind of must-dos for November? Sell your socks off. On my checklist, um, I'm just having a look through it now. And it's, yeah, it's sales, 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 sales. Keeping on top of, I mean, it's easy to sit there and kind of look at your till going ding, 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 and your website, all the, you know, everything coming through. But it's really looking at what is selling and what's not selling because you don't want, you know, is there something that's the forgotten products? You've forgotten to put certain tags on it and it's just hiding in the back end of your website. Or, and I have had this from Shopify before and you think, God, why is that product not selling? It's so good. And you look and it's not selected for any channels and it's sat there literally in draft. So it's just making sure you've got eyes all over your website, just as kind of a, a, as an easy thing to consider in November. And yeah, just keeping your eyes all over your website, making sure that the stuff you're selling, you know, it's always a fine balance, but can you order more in to see you through those key? Because there's, there's a few key weeks in December that you need to have stock, but you don't obviously hold too much stock yet and then start pushing what's not getting a lot of attention. And do you, in terms of promotion and markdown, do you, well, you'll, I suppose you might run offers then if something is slow that you might group the categories together so that you're marking down, you're giving it a bit of a tickle in season rather than right at the very end when people may not want it for, you know, they've decided yeah. they're going to be or whatever, you know, and like you said, whether that's just to email subscribers, a, a 20% off offer or, mm-hmm. you know, for things that aren't working. I think like you say, if there's things, if everything is tagged, but there's some things, cause you'll always have things that are slow and mm-hmm. you might go on something that you've loved, but, but it's just, isn't, isn't hitting the mark I think probably looking at the, looking at those and whether they need a bit of a, a tickle from a price just to shift a bit of the stock and then go back to full price after a weekend or like you say deciding yeah. you know there might be some things that you're going to put into because when's Black Friday is in is obviously around the time isn't it so that you can yeah go into there. yeah and I, I would say just not to do it too soon yeah. because um every year you get different you know different weeks will be the best week of that year compared to last year, um, like the year before. So it's not kind of just thinking, oh, this this week last year was our best week. So that means every week from here on until Christmas, it's only going to get quieter. So let's just start shifting things at a small discount. I think it's kind of holding, holding on out and then starting to do that in December. So November, just try not to lose your nerve and start, you know, 20% here, 20% there, because that's you know, that's a good chunk of your profit. So I think in November, it is just about selling, looking at how you sell, who you sell in person, you know, looking at how you sell, who you're selling to, and then looking at how it's looking online, you know, how your website is performing. If you were to then look at shifting dead-ish stock, slow moving stock, start to do it in December, perhaps. And how do you keep sane during that time? I actually don't drink alcohol. Um, I was about to say have a glass of wine, but I don't. I definitely don't drink. So how do I stay sane? So how I'm going to stay sane, because it changes every year, is so we've got we have an amazing team in the shop at the moment. And I don't think we could have wished for better people to be in and around the business. They're amazing. And so I'm looking forward to them 
being around this Christmas. That's one way I'm hoping to stay sane is by, you know, delegating because that's something that I've not done in the past as well as I could have done. The other thing is to create space between me and the business when I'm not there. And that will involve like lots of walking, lots of meditating, which I like to do anyway. Um, but they are always the first things to go when I'm stressed, which is so silly because that's exactly it's what you need. Speed, isn't it? And I think we're mm. all I think we're all guilty of that. And then, mm. then you can get on that wheel, can't you, of I'll go for a walk in the week in the evening and that doesn't happen because you could never and you know mm. and, and you just know yourself that you feel so much better after you've had that exercise and after you've yeah. you know you've gotten out and you're just so much more ready and focused for whatever else the day is going to throw with you you know yeah. because you've had that bit of of that time and then mm. um so then when you're you're in December you've sold your heart out through November and and through that part <laughs> of December where should what are your your key points for December the key points for December is knowing it's a very well knowing what is coming up because I think this is one of the months where in terms of marketing there's lots and there's lots of really good stuff you can do in December to kind of show your customer who you are like you're you've been selling so selling is good you've been you know doing all the selling in November and obviously in December too there's lots of opportunities I think in December to show your customer who you and your business are and we did it last year we did lots of freebies in December not product freebies but we did some downloads to help our customers to almost not spend money and I can't remember how many downloads we reached on our advent calendar, but it was an incredible amount. I think I wanted 500 people to reach it. And I think it ended up being like 13,000 or something ridiculous like that. And it was a free download that you cut out and you put the activities in an advent calendar. And that was really good for us because yes, you could have bought loads of stocking stuffers from us or advent calendar stuffers from us, which, you know, lots of people did, but then they also bought or they also downloaded for free the advent calendar idea thing where they just cut it up and put it in. And then we were tagged endlessly on social media or around Christmas, you know, doing, we're making this and you'd see them pulling out the advent calendar. And it was really important for us to be able to do that because it just really showed who we were and who our, and our customers really enjoyed it. So I think there's lots of opportunities like that in December to shine and show your customers that you're so much more than just wanting a sale yeah and the products and stuff and how do you manage I mean no one has a crystal ball in terms of what the post office is going to deliver us this this December that customer service piece do you have like expectation you know are you I I suppose it's basically really informing customers what's happening with deliveries and keeping an eye on all everything that's going on with with all that Mm. side of the customer service point of view as well yeah we were burned as everyone was quite badly, actually not last year, was it COVID, then COVID again, in, you know, incredible backlogs and things like that. So as soon as we heard last year that Royal Mail were going on strike, we knew we couldn't afford it. We knew we couldn't afford it. And things like that can break businesses. As we saw, we saw so many businesses go under and it might not have been directly off the back of that, but it will have played a part in many of the closures we saw because from an operational point of view it's just so hard to manage so I very quickly had I had a contact with a different carrier and we switched over 
overnight and we made a huge loss on our posting packaging but we made time gains on our support services we I don't think we lost any parcels it was it was seamless from like November through to January it was absolutely seamless because it was all next day delivery so it was just we were able to sort things out immediately but I think we did that and we decide the decision was made we will we will make a loss on nearly every order not a loss like a total loss but a loss on posting packaging to save our sanity because we had to work out which one was worth more yeah and and like you say the amount of time that you would have spent on customer service trying to find parcels or Mm. tracking things or whatever it might be and then having to refund Mm. and that time energy and then money so reviewing things and we talked about just in terms of for people that have that bricks and mortar shop in December and the the merchandising of it, what are you? Because if anyone, people who haven't been to Lucy's shop in Slathwaite, Slathwaite, it depends where you're from, how you are <laughs> you And if you're ever nearby, or even if you're not nearby and you, you're into products and you have a business or you have kids, go and have a look at the shop because it always looks beautiful and amazing. So you do such a lovely job with that I always come out of it poorer than I went in <laughs> I have the gift or not but it in your heart I am sure <laughs> and, um, but it always is merchandised really well thank you any key tips around that merchandising around Christmas time whenever I look back on videos and photos of the merchandising of the Christmas just gone I think oh my god we had so many products in the shop because <laughs> it really you know it dies down over the over the course of the year because you have to keep keep it all so tight um, But at Christmas we do fill up and that's part of the joy of a toy shop at Christmas is there is just toys everywhere so keeping on top of it is really really hard but me and Tim, my husband, who manages the cafe side of the business, we both say this and the team would probably roll their eyes, is that we never apologise for having high standards. And we are relentless about the standards in the shop. So I know where everything goes in the shop and how many are out and how many we have in the stock room. It's kind of like a the inventory for my whole entire shop, both shoe shop and store and online is all in my head at all times and um we have one other member of staff who is also she has it as well and she can remember so if we ever have things pinched from the shop we we know about it but it's it is quite difficult and I carry a lot of it in my head so I'll go into the shop and if things are out of place I do see it immediately and but we have what I do is so we do it less now because there's not as much product but coming close to Christmas I do like nights in the shop. So I'll like re-merchandise the whole shop and then it's videos and photos that are sent out to the whole team. You know, this Christmas elf goes here and he's positioned like this. And uh, and then, you know, they know the standards. Everyone knows the standards of the shop as a whole. But at Christmas, it unfortunately just ramps up and everything has a place and the colours are all very important to me on how they all sit together. So it's just um, amplified at that time yeah. of the year. That when you said you you know you work overnight and re reposition the shop and stuff in mm. that in that do you do like two changeovers during Christmas like one for to start and then one in the middle is that mm-hmm. what you do Yeah, well, it probably ends up to be so one big one at the start. That's a massive one, and it normally takes a few of us, and we're there till God knows what time. 
then I'll do another one as a second wave of stock stock comes in. So normally just before Black Friday. And then we actually have to do them quite often in December because that's when people have really bought all the stock. So you're just trying to kind of stay on top of it. So yeah, and that's that's us being a small business. You know, we I don't want to just keep ordering in stuff to fill the shelves. I have to really make the shelves work for us. Yeah. So it is a it is a big job. So thanks for saying <laughs> I, I said so thanks for saying it looks nice because it's a it big is, it, 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 <laughs> it's a lesson in visual merchandising it's actually it's so so beautiful how you've how you've done it all and I think moving those things around that aren't selling it's kind of like if, when you have the websites making sure if why isn't something working mm. you know and whether repositioning it by the till area or wherever oh, yeah. might be having those I mean your your shop is great in terms of there's always the little knickknacks as well like you don't have yeah. to go and fortune you end up going in and going oh okay they want that and that and that and that, and that. but you know there's all, there's those like little, little pester pieces near the yeah. till area fully intentionally I'm sure <laughs> like um, yeah <laughs> yeah um, you know and there's such that's such a great idea as well they're like it's like on your website you may also like or have you you know people who bought this or also bought this and those kind of connection sales to like drive mm-hmm. up that transaction value and um then just I suppose lastly, that review piece then when you've you've closed the doors on you've got mm. ready for sale. What about you've got your ready you've got the shop ready for sale, then you've got your your website ready for sale. Um uh, that reflection piece that you touched on a bit at the beginning, if you can just review that slightly and then we'll talk about where people can how people can work with you in terms of from the coaching mm. side and a little bit about your checklist. Yeah, so I I do really like the analysis side and we're just doing it now for all our school shoes. So school shoe season is done. So we jump straight into analysis now. It's all fresh in our mind. So starting at like the top level, like looking at the brands who has performed with the best margin as well. So there might be less in volume, but higher margin. So we look at all the different combinations really. And then we start to look at within those brands, what kind of categories have sold well, and then ultimately which product, if there is a hero product from each brand or each category, we'll do that for the shoe shop, the main store and online. And then just kind of have the big, the big overview, what they all look like. And then we don't really have like, we don't pull it together and be like, ta-da, like this water bottle was our best product because we know we have different sides of the business. We have different customers yeah. that um, interact with each side of the business. So we we keep it as analysis piece for the three sides. And then we do a little bit of journaling around it as well. I do like to do that as a piece that I will keep close to me. I won't share it with the team and it will just be like how I have dealt with it and like what has come up what's how has it made me feel anything I would do differently and just really kind of go go inwards on myself I like that and some people might not like doing that piece of work but I find it really important because that's how it's led me to where I am today where I feel really comfortable looking at quarter four as a really positive piece of work rather than what I used to feel like it was which was really scary and like you know can I do this again so now I know I can do it again because it's all on paper. I just follow the plan and then we're done. So yeah. Happy days. <laughs> and Lisa, you have set up a another, you know, obviously with your experience, you've set up a another arm to your business. So talk to us a little bit about coaching with Lucy. So I started it initially in 2021, so two years ago. Um, and I've kind of 
toyed with the idea of taking it further and then always kind of pulling back a little bit. But um, this year I've really enjoyed going forward with it. So it's a retail um, co- retail and small business coaching service that I offer. And it's looking at how to improve your business, both kind of holistically, if you are an owner that is very much in your business and looking at ways to make it work for you and your life and your family and, um, you know, bottom line. And then I do specialize in retail because I've been in retail for like nearly 20 years. It feels like have I nearly 20 years. Yeah, near enough. And um, I know a lot about it and I love I love retail and I get asked a lot of questions and in my DMs on social media and through emails. And so I feel like I have a lot to offer people who want to know, you know, what I know. And uh, so now the opportunity is there to kind of work with me. And you will have heard us mentioning, for everyone that's listening, you will have heard us mentioning a checklist. So talk to us about your Q4 checklist. My Q4 checklist is here in front of me. I've been reading it as we go along. So it's here. This is probably a little bit of an older version. It's gone through many guises over the last six months or so. But it's ultimately a checklist to take you through from summer all the way through to the end of December. You can dip into it whenever you want. You don't have to kind of have it by September and you can't access it from that. It's a download, you print it out and you just kind of work your way through it. It should just bring up everything relevant that a retail business needs to do over uh, Q4. And then there's space at the back to kind of add your own analysis and things like that. So add in what you think has gone well over the season or anything else that you needed to do in certain months that weren't mentioned on there. Because there will always be things specific to um, each individual business. Um, But it's what I use. So I have literally printed it out and I carry it everywhere with me. And I look at it all the time, right? September, where we at? What are we doing? Have I done these things? And I can just tick, tick, tick them off and feel comfortable knowing that I'm, as the months roll on, I am prepared for Christmas. Great. So the link to that is in the show notes for you to have a look at that and download. Um, it's at a very reasonable price of £49. Yeah, it will save you a lot of, um, I've, I have I've had a look at it, it will save you a lot of hassle, it will save you a lot of time, it will save you a lot of stress. And it will probably make you money because it will mean that you've yeah. got your, you know, you've, you've <laughs> it doesn't make you 50 quid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it definitely will. But Lucy, thanks very much for joining me today. And if you've Thank enjoyed you. this week's episode, then feel free to leave a review because so that more people can find the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast. And I'll be back again next week with another great guest. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. If you've enjoyed today, I would love for you to leave a review and I will see you again next week. If you'd like to hear more from me, your host, Nicole Higgins, you can follow me on Instagram at The Buying Retail Coach. Check out my website, www.thebuyingretailcoach.com or find me on LinkedIn. All the links are below in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to my newsletter, The Step, for lots of helpful tips and advice.